ready. Get ready. Get ready. For the steakhouse. You're about to experience the fastest two hours in radio history. With Steak Shapiro. There's a reason I'm Trigger. drinking warm vodka in the breaks. Sandra Golden. Listen, I love a petty party and I am right in the heart of it. Rusty Menzel. My grammar hasn't got me to this point in my career. And Drew Butler. What are you going to say when it happens that I'm the man? It's the Steakhouse. Brought to you by John Foy and Associates. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome to Tuesday morning on the Steakhouse. Steak and Sandra on a uh, nasty kind of uh, scary morning in the ATL where uh, the weather has taken a well, it hasn't taken a nasty turn. If you were up last night, you knew it was going to be awful this morning. But could it get worse? And what are you hearing, Sandy? And how are things? And how's your family down in Panama City? My sister's street, which I'll tell you is the east end um, of Panama City Beach, if you know where Schooners is, the Treasure Island Marina, Cap Manderson's, wiped out. Head-on tornado. Um, my sister's house is okay. She's okay, which is the most important. But the sun is just now coming up, so th- they're just finding out what's so going on. So did they, was it, uh, did it, like tornadoes sometimes, they didn't see it coming? Was no, it, there was warnings and oh, all there was kinds. Last oh, night my God. Like. Every, everything in the world's going off. So And it's uh, Dothan, I guess it's around, arriving now, a new squall. Something happened in Rosemary is what I'm hearing as well. So just And, and it's coming here, which is the bigger issue what's coming tornado warnings uh, we're under a tornado warning right now where we are standing okay Mm -hmm. all right just everybody be careful yeah it's a uh crazy morning in atlanta you're gonna be okay yeah all right we got a lot to get to it's a busy morning we got the head coach of the hawks what head coach of the hawks at 9 20 because i really want to ask you because i haven't talked to you since you were in that room where (laughs) it happened yesterday the room where it happened Mm -hmm. from hamlet what are you gonna ask me that was first of all that was a long press conference that was like a hour. I, I think it was what hour and forty minutes. It started on time. I rolled in at four oh one. That thing was on, and it didn't end till about five forty. You're, you're well. Isn't that right? Yeah, five forty. You're exactly right. Yeah, hour and forty minutes, and I was just so hungry. I mean, that was the big thing. I kept tweeting. My I started fellow, to text you and ask if they had food for y'all. You know, they got they took offense. I said, "This is an uncatered event right now." How long are they going to keep You're me exactly here? exactly right. So Mike Bell enjoyed that. He called me on his way home. He said, dude, those tweets of you talking about Houston's, how close it was. I you said it was, a ba- it. it was a battle of attrition. How long That's am I going right. to hang in there? Battle of nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> a lack of nutrition. It was a lack of nutrition. So, uh, right. Was- well, what was your takeaway? Like you were in the room. I know you had conversations with people. Yeah. I mean, my t- first of all, my takeaway is in general. Okay. And I don't know a lot about a lot of things, but, you know, Communicating, I think I'm pretty good at um, kind of you know running businesses. Certainly not the level those guys have, but I'm just say shorter is better. Like when you talk for an hour and forty, you set yourself up for people to poke holes time and time again, right? But I listened to the first twenty, and there were holes. Yeah, I don't know. The length didn't help you. That that what you were saying, who was there? In my opinion, I mean the the Terry Font. No, not being there was the biggest elephant in the room. I so. Here's the thing. You know, I, I think it's very valid questions that Mark Zeno asked. I give him a lot of credit. Came after them about Terry Fontenot. But if you read the press release and you watch the previous regime with Thomas Dimitrov and you know, like, he's not picking the coach. He didn't fire the coach. He's just – he's picking players in the draft. It doesn't even matter what he's doing. You are – 
you are, this is our force of nature, and right. we're letting you know that everything's okay at the castle. Right. My GM wasn't there. So Rich McKay was there. Arthur Blank was there. I just think the optics of it were not something that we're, Falcon fans are like, okay, now what? Well, it's the same two guys, right? You know, which is why people are like, why should we think things are going to get better? Like, mm-hmm. we've been here before. We've- and what was going on so so desperately at Flowery Branch that he had to be there? And I thought your question even about, okay, you said there was last night with Arthur Smith, and you were going to have a meeting. You had a meeting with him. There was a meeting hours. after. And then, but he never answered it. So was it decided? Did you tell him on the plane? How, I mean, I, I, I don't know what they said in the press conference is my issue. Is like, I'm not, I, my takeaway was. Well, my takeaway was that. Finally, by these, you know, I got another question, and finally Arthur just said it. The gap between our expectation this year and our results was so huge that we had to make a fire. We had to fire him. Lead with that. Right. right? Lead and he, with and that. he said, yes. and then he said a few times to me, I am so at peace with this move. I feel bad for Arthur Smith after they went on and on about him, like he was the, you know, like he drafted great and he coached great. I know his family. He's a great family man. He's very, I know, I'm sure he's awesome. But, but like, finally, he's just like, I'm very at peace with this decision because we don't believe, you know, again, he was hired to be an offensive, um, guru, genius. He finally said it. Like, we, we had a terrible offense. And the, and, and the expectation was so high and we were so bad that he had to get fired. It took him so long to say that. What I didn't understand is what he said, we had a meeting. Arthur Smith came very well prepared. We met for two hours. Then Rich and I met. And then we met again with Arthur. And then we fired him. Right. And having been fired and having fired people before, like the decision was made. What's the two and a half hours with Arthur Smith? 100%. What are you talking about? the same thing. You're making him come in there and argue he's well-prepared for what? He's got all the reasons why he should get another chance? Like, the decision was made, and finally Arthur said, no, this decision was made. And, and I know, by the way, when the decision was much, much closer to be. First of all, after they lost to Carolina, to your point earlier, it was made. You're right. Once they lost to Carolina, there was no surviving that. Right. I don't know that they were surviving it when they lost to Minnesota with Josh Dobbs or when they lost to Arizona and Kyler Murray, and they had the record they had. At the, and, they, and, and as another question I asked, did you hear the fans? Because I've been here a long time. I've never good, heard it worse. Good. Yeah. What did he say? They said, yeah, of course, we hear everything. Mm-hmm. He said, but in some cases, you have to be able to fight through you know, fan perception. This was not the case here. So – Listen, Terry Fontenot was treated like Thomas Dimitrov was in a lot of ways. Do you remember the press release years ago when Thomas was usurped to power and then they made him come out there and get emasculated? They were trying to avoid that, right? Because the question then might have been, well, why does your GM have a job but your head coach doesn't? Exactly. Because they, they, picked, the, they right. picked the quarterback. Right, right. Because they did hammer them on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, why was, Terry, why was uh, uh, Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke – and Arthur went on about Taylor Heineke was better in Washington. Did you hear that whole thing? I heard it. Yeah, and it's like, so if Terry Fontenot was there, then maybe they didn't want to have to say, if Terry Fontenot is the guy that picked your quarterback and picked Desmond Ritter, then why does he still have a job? Maybe they're trying to avoid that. I was at another press conference when Thomas Dimitrov sat there and they had to answer questions about why is Mike Smith getting fired, but Thomas Dimitrov still has a job. And Thomas Dimitrov was sitting right there for all of it. Right. So maybe they were trying to avoid that, or maybe 
he has he, – listen, he's not picking the next head coach. He didn't pick this head coach. They said it in the press release. They said it there. At Falcon fans have a right to be agitated, but they were pretty transparent about this process. Rich McKay will lead the process with an executive committee that Terry Fontenot will be a part of, I imagine, but, but the GM in this city doesn't pick the head coach, right? And I would, the in the coach. words of Dr. Phil, how's that working for you? Well, I mean, I don't know. It didn't work with Arthur Smith. It worked with Mike Smith. Mm-hmm. I kind of I worked with Dan Quinn. Dan didn't Quinn. work with Bobby Petrino, who, by the way, way to go, <laughs> pettiness yesterday. Well done. <laughs> Rich, Rich McKay, boom shakalaka. Couple of jabs, passive aggressive. I won't even I use, enjoy it so it, much. Wasn't even was it even passive aggressive. What did he say? I can't sleep at night still. I can't mention it. Uh, yeah, said, it was I, a I couple of jabs. I can't sleep thinking about that higher. Yeah. Is what he said. Well, good, because right, listen, exactly the answer. We haven't heard from Arthur Blank all year. I think he likes to be able to answer questions. I think that's why. You, oh, you know, think? An would, hour and 40? Yeah. So, and I mean. Listen, he's a billionaire owner of the team, and it's a business at the end of the day. I couldn't agree more, which is immediately why he went to marketing. <laughs> and I thought that was not the best spot to begin with bringing up how great a game experience it is. I, I didn't like that. I don't, you know, the game experience has been a lot of losses. A lot of losses. That's my game experience. So, I didn't think it was the time to tell folks about how great the game experience is because what we're really talking about is empty seats and no energy around the team. Right. We're not talking about a beautiful building and affordable food. We're talking about, and, and I'll give Garrett credit, saying, you know, in Buffalo, their game experience is freezing friggin' cold right and probably lousy concessions mm-hmm. but guess what it's it's got 78,000 people there for kickoff 100%. so what game experience matters more right there, there's two kinds of game experience a game experience you show up thinking we can win an, an NFC and there's a game experience saying these are the nicest bars in the NFL yeah. right yeah. and I, and I give them credit for the building and the prices and everything else but but the game experience that we're trying to ask about is the fans and all these years now there's six straight losing seasons. There's six straight years out of the playoffs. You just got rid of your head coach after only three years. We're starting again. So I know you told us you like our roster a lot, and I, I, that was the question I was going to ask. With all due respect, there's 25 teams that finish with a better record than you. Why? Sh- you know, we're picking eighth. Again. We're picking eighth. Like, Four eight 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 is the last four years of picking. How much can you like? Yeah, how much can you like our roster, right? Teams that pick eight normally don't have a great it, roster. It was frustrating to listen to that. I thought you did a really good job. Um, I thought Zeno was great. Zeno was great. You know what I mean? No, he's, he did. He's, he's, he asked a real question about Terry Fondo, and, and then he went back it. off. I didn't hear them answer it. I didn't hear them answer yours. I uh, there was a lot of um, a lot of talking. Yeah, I mean, listen, I appreciate that they give us the forum. They absolutely didn't restrict any questions. They, they, they And they basically are like, we will sit here as long as you keep asking questions. Well, obviously. <laughs> Thank you. What I said to them was like, if they answer the question shorter, then we wouldn't have to keep asking more questions. We, it's not like we asked a million yeah, questions. It's like filibustering it's just, there. Right. It's a little bit. Yeah, you no, think? it's a little. When you start talking about game experience, you're filibustering. Coach Ricks used to open up his press conferences by reading the roster. Hoping he'd get to 30 minutes. You remember that? It's called filibustering. 923 Sports Radio 929 The Game. My name is Stake. That's Sandra Golden, number one sports talk station, the Southeast, home of the Falcons, Lanny Night, Atlanta Hawks. Thanks so much for being with us. Nine o'clock hour. Always 
brought to you by our friends at Advanced Hair Restoration. One-day treatment, life-changing results, advancedhair.com. It's too late for me. It's not too late for you. Just remember that, please. You understand that, Tanner, right? <laughs> yes. Joining us I now. Have eyes. Yes. <laughs> he's the head coach of the Hawks. He's Quinn Snyder. He joins us uh, this morning on uh, the Steakhouse. Coach, thanks for being with us. Good morning. Morning. How are you guys today? It's a little nasty out there, isn't it? Yeah, it's Awful. it's a it's a morning. Got to be safe. I'm sure your kiddos and others are late arrivals to school. So wishing everybody to be safe this morning, as well as you and your team. Um, thanks for spending time with us on the show. Want to get to a couple of things. I watch every game. I watch every one of your post game press conferences. So I'll ask you stuff that on's on my mind when I listen to you after the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Obviously, our, our defensive numbers are not good this year. It's probably contributed to the record that you don't want. There's some nights you're clearly agitated with what happened defensively, and there's other nights the numbers may look the same. You may get a 125 or a 130 against us, but you're not as frustrated because you saw things that you know that, that you needed to see. So explain to us a little bit of what it is that makes up how you perceive how we're playing defensively and what nights bother you more than others, if that makes sense? Yeah, it's, it's actually it, it's a great question. Um, it, it goes to, I think, you know, my, my perception or belief, really, um, my perception and then what, what turns into, you know, my belief after watching the film about our progress. Um, you know, when Jalen – and I'll get to even the specifics. When when Jalen got hurt, um, that was a huge blow to our defense because his defensive rebounding, um, as well as his ability to contain the ball, which you saw, you know, periodically, whether it's him guarding a DeMar DeRozan um, or a matchup with Shea Gilders Alexander, you know, we've put a lot on him, particularly as a young player, with some of those individual matchups. So, you know, I, I want to be very, very clear because I, I think what I've really tried to, to avoid do is not making excuses. Um, and sometimes injuries can sound that way. Um, that, that said, there's, there's a reality, and I, I try to factor some of that in. So Jalen's defensive rebounding, you know, when he's off the ball is real. By the same token – you know, I, I think, you know, watching the Orlando game and seeing, you know, Batazzi on the glass late, um, you know, when we're dealing with Blancaro in an isolation situation and we all kind of know that he's going to take a shot, m- more than likely, right? And they're going to be crashing the boards from the weak side. When I see our guys, um, you know, not – you know, scrapping, fighting, hitting to try to secure those rebounds. Those are the times that I'm yeah. uh, agitated, you know, more frustrated. agitated. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, when I see, you know, six one, one seventy, Trey Young turning and trying to block someone out, and you know, I, I see them at times being physically. Um, challenged. That's the situation in my mind where um, we have to continue to try to figure out how to help them. And, you know, there's times when when it's harder than others. 
Um, there's a lot of frustration associated with us not sprinting back on defense the way that I think um, we need to. Uh, or when we're given effort and we're not getting shifted to, to, to stop that initial ball handler. I, I think you saw that late in the game, you know, against both Washington and then OKC. Um, so th- those are situations that I think when I look at, um, you know, make me uh, upset yeah. because I feel like we know that. And if that isn't translating, you know, I, I take, frankly, that that's, I take that, that's personal for me uh, sometimes. And you have to be careful not to personalize things, frankly, in this business, but you we're, we're competitive and, you know, we want to see the progress, and, and, you know, if you see that progress, it, it does show itself over time. Um, so I have seen progress, and then I've seen situations where there is what I see as regression. When I see when I can see both, the question becomes, what can we do to be more consistent? Quince- so that, that helps answer it. So yeah, I, mean- I guess the things that I feel like we can control are the, the times when I'm hot, um, and try to be measured because I know after the game, you, you know, that emotion sometimes is, is not um, as productive. And then there's things when I see like we're doing the right thing, um, I do feel like we're making progress and, and that'll show up over time. So, Quinn Snyder with us, head coach of the Hawks. Why isn't it productive to be emotional? Why isn't, you know, I understand it's a long year and I understand these are professionals. But I understand the results don't match up with the expectation. No, no, no. It, it, yeah, I understand. So, so let's characterize me me being emotional like this morning, or after a game. Yeah. And saying things that at there's a lot of times in this business when you're angry, and when I say emotional, what, what, what the, the the risk is that the things that you're really upset about, then you go watch the film. Right. You know, like, you know what? That Maybe wasn't that wasn't quite what happened. Okay. Yeah, you know, that makes I'm sense. I'm mad at him for yeah. not running back. <laughs> I should have been mad at somebody else. Maybe I called that guy out. Or yeah, something. so so d- don't think that, that you don't see that. or That doesn't happen based on the fact that you don't get it at a given time. Or, you know, there's decisions to be made about how you express that, when you express it. There's times you want to meet with guys individually. There's times it's important to talk to the team. There's times where it's maybe more effective that it's just self-evident, and we take more ownership of those things. So those those situations are really you, – you, you try to keep a feel for it, um, and you want to do that with all the information. You know, so there's times where after the game, um, one way or the other, you know, sometimes you feel like you played better than you did. Right. And, you know, you made <laughs> you a bunch of shots tape. at the end. And <laughs> so I, I think it's important to have the, the, the most information you can before you make those assessments that really invoke whether it be that, you know, th- those emotions. But you, you can – you know, I'm not unemotional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you can probably. No, can I, probably... I listen. I, I just know how the fans are reacting so far, and and sometimes hearing that from a coach is what I was getting to. Quinn Snyder with us. We only got two minutes left with you. I want to just get a couple quick things. Trey Young's having a spectacular year. You saw him last year. I think he's even playing. I mean, this is this is a marquee season. I don't know why. You know, the 
fa- the, the survey with players co- turned out the way it did last year for the All-Star game. Um, I don't know why the backlash – you know, I do know why a little bit, but what about you lobbying for him? What about the season he's having, and should he be starting on the Eastern Conference All-Star team? Well, Trey's having – let's take this in parts. Um, the things that Trey's doing – one of the unique things about that streak that he had with, you know, the the, the 30 and 10. 30 and 10. Was the yeah, way, yeah, the way that he was doing it. And and he was really letting the game come to him. Um, he didn't force himself on the game. Um, the, there was a lot of – more than the numbers themselves – I think was the way that he was playing and the way that he's, you know, played this season. And and when you look at, you know, how he may have, how he played early in the year where those things weren't showing up. And if you guys can remember, I, I I think I was pretty consistent that, that I thought that he was doing some of the things that he needed to do. And that over time, um, you know, you'd see percentages play out that, um, let me address that that whole player like that's kind of a you know that that's not a real accurate assessment because I think you had you know x number of players um pulled and you had numbers that were like someone got eight votes and someone got eleven yeah. and you know I, I I hesitate to put a whole lot of stock in you know someone. And I think people, to the extent that's a, you know, that's a nice juicy tidbit that that someone can run with if they choose to, but I don't think that's the accurate perception of you know what people. I, I can tell you from a coaching standpoint, you know, of, of the way people perceive Trey in this league. I think on a really fundamental level, and I think Trey would agree with this. You know, if, if your team isn't performing on the level that, that you wanted to, um, you know, if you're not in, say, if you're not in the top three, four teams in the East right now, the, the, those people are rewarded for winning. Yeah. I think Trey would be the, the first one to, to acknowledge that. So that I, works I against them. Hawks record can work that? against Trey Young. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, he, he, like I said, he'd be the first one, but don't, let's not equate that with his individual performance. Yeah. You know, and, and th- that's not to say the two aren't correlated, you know, and that's why I've, you know, that's why I kind of made mention of the way he's playing, um, the way that he's defending. You know, he leads our team in charges, you know, like, that's significant. Yeah. That, that's a player that's willing to put his body on the line to win. Well, like, think about that. Well, no, listen, I, I, I think it's yeah. the best It's the best Trey Young I've ever seen, and I've, I've watched, again, every game he's played here. So I know we got to rock and roll. Yeah. Big big game. Let's get it going. Sixers All tomorrow right. night. Uh, got to get on the winning track. I know you and everybody's frustrated, but uh, plenty of time left to turn it around. We look forward to seeing that happen. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right. Quinn Snyder joining us. We'll come back. Michigan is the national champions of college football. I'm curious, Sandra, how you feel just – emotionally about it, watching Jim Harbaugh and company. Um, They waited a long time. Georgia waited a long time. The Blue Blood programs are at the top. We'll talk about what we saw last night. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Now, now. your game traffic. 92.9 The Game's traffic center brought to you by Bader Scott Accident Attorneys. Call Bader Scott 404-888-8888. That's 404-888-8888. 
Hey, Stephanie Stallworth, ATL Traffic Lady. Good morning to you. Got another crash for you out there, 20 west at Gresham. As you head out towards Hydroplane City, Flat Shoals, Gresham, you want to take it easy on 20. If you're traveling near those interchanges. It's the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Steak Shapiro, Sandra Golden. Thanks to Quinn Snyder for joining us. Um, he's, he's an intense guy, man. And it's, he likes to talk, uh, hardcore basketball and we appreciate him joining us. We appreciate all the coverage of the Falcons yesterday. This station was able to put together. The, it, I think the pattern there is a lot guys in sports like to talk for yep. sure. And our job is to keep it moving and keep it entertaining and hope we're doing that here. And I say that with all due respect and try to have fun with it. Um, nobody, uh, was happy. Sandra, Absolutely was out in front of the Arthur Smith eight, ten weeks ago. Like, you know, this ain't working. He ain't going to make it. He did not make it. He made it easy by the way uh, the Bears and uh, Saints games went down. But nobody is happy when someone – and oh, not, God, just, no. not just him getting fired. All those coaches getting fired. The building will be blown up in terms of everybody. Yeah. And much quicker. You know, if you're in coaching, you know a lot of coaches, families, and all that stuff. If you're in coaching – you know as a wife and family, like, you're going to be moving. Oh, yeah. But you usually have a sense, like, we know we're in pretty good shape to have a few years. There's nobody on the Arthur Smith coaching staff that was thinking when we were at Flowery Branch, Sandra. Now, if you were on Ron Rivera's coaching staff this year, you, you probably know what's coming. Yeah. In your mm-hmm. mind. Nobody in July or August thought we're not going to get a couple of years here to see how this thing mm-hmm. plays out, which is the cruel thing and the wonderful thing about sports is you never know. And as that thing took on a life of its own in the wrong direction, right, uh, the Desmond Ritter implosion, the Taylor Heineke, the turnovers of in key moments by everybody on that team, right, and the underachieving, it became clear this, this thing was going off the rails. Arthur Blank's biggest moment for me yesterday is when he said our record against losing teams this year was abysmal, quite honestly. We lost a lot of games we probably shouldn't have lost. That's it. That press conference, that, and then when he said to you, I, I'm at peace with my decision, that's really we all, all we needed to see. Yeah, I said to him after, I said, when you said the gap between expectation and results was so big that we had no choice, that we had to make oh, a change. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's what it came down to. You sold us for two years. By the way, Rich and Arthur went on and on about how impressive the seven and ten years were, Right. Did a great job, got the most of our team. We were in salary cap hell. They don't need to say things like that. I don't want to hear about COVID. (laughs) I don't want to hear about any of that. I want to hear about you had a three-year plan. Your worst year was year three. By far. and um, By far. You're totally right. I mean, it's not just just that you're disappointed because you had higher expectations. You had the worst schedule. I mean, I don't know what's happening in these lotteries. But every time we get in the lottery, we pick at the, we get like the highest pick, and yeah. we get the best we yeah. get the best worst schedule. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of teams. Oh, and Falcons just <laughs> tweeted that out. Here's who we're playing, and right. I responded, "This is too soon because I'm really right. not okay with all this. This well, is a bad look. So get it together. And why the long? It's going to be a long time before we hire a coach. Why is that? I think it's just to me. It's just because the league and the DEI and uh, diversity. I think it's taking much longer. They said it 15 times. You can't hire quickly because you have to check off a million boxes. Mm-hmm. 
I, I do think it's not just the Falcons, Sandra. I think, I think yeah. every one of these teams has to go through the rigmarole. I'm not telling you it's wrong. And what are their five openings now? I mean, I would, I would argue that Falcons are near the bottom of the five in terms of going, you know, what's sexier. And I mean, what's Dukes the and Bell said they're the best. And I don't think. Based I, on what? Uh, based on, so the chart, I don't know. Do you want to go through all the no, teams? No, I don't. Mm-mm. I sure don't. And I, I mean, and I also love every. Let me let me look at all the coordinators that might be a head coach, and let's talk about those. I, I, it's just, so you don't want to do that either. I certainly so don't want to do that. So just give me somebody. What do we want to do? College wanna, football. Oh, you want to- <laughs> it's time to tailgate. No, we tailgate. Taking a look around the world of college sports. This is the tailgate on the Steakhouse. Brought to you by All Four Seasons Garage and Entry Doors. Big enough to serve, small enough to care. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Congratulations to your Michigan Wolverines. They are your national champions. Beating Washington 34-13. to Looked a little bit like last year's mismatch. Not quite at the same level, but it did look like, uh, in my opinion, I like Michigan because... Once they overcame, Ohio State was a big win. But once they got by Alabama, it felt like that was the game for that program after three years of trying to get to the mountaintop. Yep. And it was kind of like Georgia getting by Ohio State last year and then getting TCU. And you kind of felt like, even though by game time, people were like, TCU's got a shot. They got that offense. Kind of like they said about Michael Is it true that line went to two touchdowns? Somebody on Twitter had it. No, tonight, Uh, last night. No, no, it was five and a half. It went up. It went, went from four to four and a half to five to five and a half. But no, it did. I guess sharp money came in um, on Michigan. Michigan, which is why the number kept going to where it was. All right, uh, here's Jim Harbaugh after the game talking about uh, I finally got to where some of these other guys are. I get to sit at the uh, the big person's table now. Uh, that, that feels really good. Just, uh, you know, to be, to be the only coach in your own family that – you know, hasn't won a national t- title uh, or Super Bowl, the, the championship. Uh, yeah, that feels great personally. Did John John John, John won John won uh, Super Bowl with the Ravens? Bowl. Remember they when they met. I know why he says the only person is his dad. I guess his dad. Did yep, his, da- his, his dad. dad. That was a nice moment. The dad, the mom, John that coming on the sidelines. I, I enjoyed all of that a lot. Um, he, it's he, a, he, let me just say something. Yeah. This is tainted. Sorry, Michigan fans, it's re- it's tainted because they were cheating. How do I know that? Because he literally suspended his own self for six games. Having said that, this team of young men were terrific. That J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, the whole kit and caboodle that bonded together. And, you know, adversity reveals who you are. Uh, and that was something special. They were the best team in college football, period. Yeah, Blake Corum and J.J. McCarthy God. are great representatives yeah. of college football. Right. Jim Harbaugh is a spectacular football mind. He went to Stanford and won. He won in the NFL at the highest level. Michigan was nowhere when he came in and built that program um, brick by brick. The year they just had, go Ohio State, Alabama, Washington to end the uh, year. Um, the, the, the three str- – I mean, he's just yeah. – he's a phenomenal coach. Yeah. I don't think he's coming he, – I think he's going to the NFL. Here he is asked about it. Very simple – he didn't exactly say, I'm headed back to Ann Arbor. And all those accomplishments in the big person's table, would you want to add winning a Super Bowl to that? I just want to enjoy this. I just want to enjoy this. Uh, and I hope you give me that, you know. <laughs> Can a guy have that? Does it, does it always have to be, you know, what's next? What's, what's the future? 
Um, you know, like I said the other day, yeah, I hope, I hope to have a future. Um, hope there's a tomorrow, a day after tomorrow, you know, a next week, a next month, a next year. He's a weird cat, Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. And he is, um, I think he's willing to do anything it takes to win. And I think he cheats a little. I think Belichick will do anything he can to win. I think he cheats a little. Doesn't mean they're not great football minds. Doesn't make them rootable either. But I think, you know, the guys, he, he is obsessed with football and obsessed with winning. Drew Butler's story yesterday, did you tell that on the air? When uh, a buddy of his ran into Jim Harbaugh and, and, and his buddy uh, had just gotten out of the game. And Jim Harbaugh asked him, do you love football? And he goes, yeah, I love football. He goes, well, you don't love it enough because you would never, you would only, you would only leave football because when you leave, then you'd go coach. And after you coach, you'd do this. Now, meaning like Whoa. he's obsessed. Like if you love football, that's all you think about. And right. I think that's what Jim Harbaugh's like. He's not coming to Atlanta under that management structure. Because let me tell you, there is no Terry Fontenot. There is no Rich McKay. There is nobody making decisions wherever Jim Harbaugh's about to I show agree. up. I agree. No, the alpha male in the room, and I don't blame him, but that's what I'm talking about in terms of if you are interviewing yourself for a job and you're looking at that of like, oh, dear, that's a hot mess up there. I'm going to just go elsewhere. It's like, it's like years ago, I think. I shouldn't say hot mess. That's disrespectful. What I'm saying is I don't like how that, that structure is set. That pyramid from who answers to who, but, I'm not comfortable with that. But, he, but here's the thing. Jim Harbaugh will look at Arthur Blank and say, uh, or whoever, like, I'm running the show. I'm running. I'm picking the groceries, as Arthur Blank tried to talk about yesterday, that he thinks the head coach should have that say. Anyway, you said it. The alpha male, wherever Jim Harbaugh ends up. Do you think for one second if the 49ers would have uh, fired their head coach and John Lynch isn't sitting there. I'm talking alpha male Howie, in the room. Ro- Howie Rosen in Philadelphia. Yeah, pick your GM. That is a bad A, and you tell me. I think I think it's not every team, Sandra, but I think the real the alpha GMs are absolutely there picking coaches. The Falcons, they didn't let Thomas Dimitrov do it. They're not letting Terry. I mean, let's not pretend. I know there is a race element that it doesn't look good. I totally get two old white guys sitting there with Terry Fontenot supposedly in the building. But not there. And I've read. I thought it, they said he was at Flowery well, Branch they, handling things. I was Arthur's, like, what's going on at Flowery Branch? Well, Arthur said They're cleaning out lockers. What is there to do? So Arthur said he was in the building. And I, I'm saying, I, I saw it on Twitter. I'm just going to tell you, Thomas Dimitrov was treated pretty much the same way. There was a press release written about him on the day that they fired Mike Smith that it was as masculating as anything I've seen. So it's consistent. And I don't, you know, I, I, I know the optics aren't good, but that's just. The GM's not picking the coach. That's just how it is. I don't know that there's a Rich McKay in these other places. I don't either. Right? That's why the structure, I'm it's so fascinated fun. by it. All yeah. right, here's the head coach of Washington who uh, they had a hell of a year, Kalen DeBoer. When you see them have expectations and when you fall short like we did tonight, you're, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that they couldn't realize a championship this year, you know, because they made the sacrifices, they made the commitments, you know, the goals that they had. The work supported it. And, um, you know, just tonight we couldn't get over the hump. If they played 10 times, uh, Michigan would win eight, seven, I think. Um, you know, they're, they're better than Washington. But Washington's, that was an unbelievable year. Michael Penix was Unbe- a hero, a warrior. I, I couldn't even believe he was upright. He had a bad night at the office, yeah. but I think he was hurt. The overthrows, the drops, but it was because Michigan was so physical. So You said it. We have 235 days, ladies and gentlemen, till opening weekend at Mercedes-Benz with Clemson and Georgia and kicking can- things off. Georgia is your odds-on favorite to win the national title 
as of this morning. Yeah, and Carson Beck, the favorite for the Heisman Trophy, too, One coming of, that's back, That's tremendous, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, listen, Georgia had a – Georgia held the title as defending champs or as champions for a long – what is it, 800 days or mm-hmm. something crazy? So um, – And I think we all just have to take a deep breath and say, I don't want to hear, like, Georgia could have beat them last night. Florida State should have been. I, I, I it's over. Put a bow on it. It was fun. Yeah, Georgia should have beat him. Then Georgia should have beat Alabama. So, I mean, you know, whatever. Like, okay. Please stop making sense. We no. don't work that way around here. I mean, Just, I love how people, Georgia please. could beat Michigan. That okay. That's fascinating. But they're not so get in your the video, field. Get in your video game and, and match <laughs> yeah. them up. Yeah. And then go call your buddy and go, yeah. hey, we just beat you. I just played you. Uh, we just played Michigan. Boom! Congratulations. Listen, I have a lot of friends in town that are Michigan alum, and I love those people. And I'm happy for them, just like I'll be happy for you. I want to adopt that Blake Corum. I love that kid. Just like J.J. McCarthy, under center at Flowery Branch. Anybody? Anybody? He's not a first-round pick where they're picking. Maybe in the second round. Oh, that's right. They're picking really high again. Eighth. All right, when we come back, what are the names? So I'm going to have to scrap this because you don't want to talk about who the next head coach is. Listen. Okay, so that's out. Um, you don't want to talk about the pre- can you talk about the press conference? I want to hear. I want to decide whether <laughs> Arthur Blank said to you, "You watch too many serial shows, C E R E A L, or serial shows, S E R I A L." And was he trying to make a dig? Was he trying to be funny? So I think that's what we got to get to the bottom of. <laughs> Nine o'clock hour is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. One day treatment, life changing results. AdvancedHair.com. Is the owner mad at me? Is we're going to try to figure it out? Sports Radio ninety two nine.